Welcome to the Rockin' Life podcast, Rockin' Life After Divorce. And today we have Sierra Neri with us today. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, this is exciting to get to know new people all the time and kind of like discover people and being a little bit of a detective. Yeah, and you find these gold nuggets. And uh, so I just want to share a little bit about who you are and have a nice little chat about uh, you and what you do. And so you're a certified coach. And you specialize in helping people, both men and women, through divorce. And yeah. I think it's so awesome that you do that. I shared a little bit with you about my story. I went through divorce and how difficult it is. And um, we have a common theme that you think that going through divorce is, of course, very difficult, but it can be a starting point to something very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about bringing hope to people that are going through this really rough time. It can be that you just initiated it, or maybe you got stuck in it, and it's five years, 10 years down the road, and you're still in misery, and you haven't gotten out of this kind of like a bad spot, mm-hmm. dealing with loneliness, depression, suicidal thoughts, and are struggling. I love your energy in your <laughs> Instagram posts. Thanks. So, I make sure I have some coffee before I write my content. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. Let's rock life. What do I want to tell my people? Exactly. Yeah. And you live in New York. You're from, uh, you have a background from Pakistan, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you are remarried with Brian and, yeah. and you have two sons. I do. Right? Yeah. One from my first marriage and one from my second marriage. And then uh, you're successfully co-parenting. We're going to talk about that as well today. I think awesome. that's one of the most important things when you go through divorce to do it in a good way. And it can be a lot of struggle around that. But to all the listeners, it's so cool. I have an average about 100 listeners per episode. It just keeps growing and it's growing all the time. So what's your story? How did you deal with divorce? And when you went through it, what was the most difficult part of that? I think for me, because of my traditional Pakistani Muslim background and in our culture, like you just don't do that. That was the hardest thing for me to overcome and like, A, make the decision to leave, which I made that decision to leave several times. Yeah, (laughs) It's like, I definitely need to not be in this marriage. But then like actually following through, even though my parents were like, hell no, you're not leaving your husband. That's not what we do in our culture. Like, what are people going to say? You know, you're going to bring so much shame to the family. I have younger siblings and I like I'm the eldest. And in our culture, you know, when other prospective families are looking, you know, to get married, whatever, and they see someone that's divorced, it's like, ooh, this is a problem. Like, you know, if we marry off our son to their daughters, like, is this a red flag? It's like so crazy. Like just, you know, like the mentality and the mindset and like helping my parents, like, I don't, they eventually got over it and they accepted it, but it was overcoming that element of like, this is my life. And I'm about to like kill myself. I need to leave. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry if people are going to talk crap about us in the community. Like I can't help them. No. And it's so much shame around divorce. I I went through a lot of shame myself. I went through a church that preached so strongly about marriage. They didn't say divorce is uh, terrible, but because it was so much 
you know, you're supposed to stay married no matter what. No matter, yeah. Yeah, it became so much like a failure for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even go back to the church. And that's so sad. That's a place you should be able to go to when you have strife and when you have problems. But it became the completely opposite. I kind of did something similar. So the fact that you said that specifically is intriguing. Like, I wonder for me, like, especially like, you know, going to the mosque, like I stopped going, I literally cut myself out of like the entire community. Like I was like, forget these people. They don't know me. They don't get me. I don't need their judgment. And I just like went in my little bubble. And then eventually when I came out, I made new friends. (laughs) Yeah. It was the same thing for me. And in the good thing was that I tried to reach out. I, I went through a lot of loneliness myself because I, I was married for 20 years. And then I, I knew that we had difficulties, but I never thought we would actually end up in divorce. And my counselor told me to reach out to a few friends. Yeah. I actually started gaining awesome friends from that. And I really like that about your podcast. How do you help people navigate divorce? And wh- what are the biggest struggles I think it depends on the situation and when they're coming to me. Part of like that journey of like moving through divorce is actually moving through divorce. Yeah. (laughs) Like you have to actually go through the process. And then the other, you know, things that come up for my clients and it came up for you and me, right? It's like the shame around divorce and feeling as if like there's something wrong with them because they're, you know, they're divorced as if they're a failure and then carrying the guilt because a lot of them do have children. So it's like this idea around the broken family concept and kind of like reframing that to say, like, how do you want to define family? Because families, you know, flexible these days in terms of how we're defining it, whether it's foster families or, you know, kids are being adopted and things like that. It's So those are some of the things. And then, of course, once they're divorced and they want to find love again, they find themselves in relationships that are not healthy for them. It's almost like a repeat of like ex-wife or ex-husband all over again. It's helping them overcome those blocks that they don't see. Yeah. I know for myself, I started dating way too early. I I just dated because I was lonely. For me, it was a completely wrong reason. Mm -hmm. And I dated for about a year right after the divorce papers were signed. And I just came to the point, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I just took a break for two years. And I just waited to took some time by myself, figuring things out. And like right now, I've never felt better. And I really like that what you write about this can be an opportunity. This can be a catalyst, something that can trigger and help people out and find themselves. So when you move through divorce, do you have any examples how you can help a person that, for example, have gone through divorce like a year ago, is in a bad spot? And how do you do that process? Yeah. So I love that question. The first thing I would say to that person who's going through it is like, give yourself some self-compassion. And by some, I mean a lot of self-compassion, right? Like we are so hard on ourselves Yeah, and like the thoughts of like, this shouldn't have happened. I did something wrong. Maybe I should have tried harder. You know, all of these thoughts keep us stuck in the past and don't allow you to move forward, which is literally what you want to do, but you can't do it. And so I think that would be the first advice or tip I would give is like, just be nice to yourself, like try to quiet down that self-critical voice that is so loud, right? And just think of yourself, think about a friend that is going through or would be going through a divorce. What advice would you give them? 
Because that kind of advice comes so easily to us, right? It's like you've yeah. got a best friend, they're going through a divorce or a tough time or an illness, and you just show up as a supportive friend. Like those words just flow out of our mouth. I want you to take those words and look in the mirror and say that to yourself. Offer those same words of encouragement and support to yourself. And then over time, your brain is going to start believing that, right? And that's the other thing I really want to highlight is when we go through a divorce, our brain literally thinks somebody died. <laughs> yeah. When you I end, usually say that all the time. It's like a mourning process. Yeah. And from a neuroscience perspective, like we know based on research that when we end our primary romantic relationship, your brain literally thinks someone is dying because yeah. now it thinks based on evolution, right? We've always needed a partner to survive that if this person is gone, like you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. In a way, if you have a difficult divorce and a lot of strife afterwards, it's almost worse, I think. I've never experienced having somebody very close die to me, but my dad died when I was, it was 20 years ago. He died okay. way too young. And that was very difficult, but it was still not some, like your spouse dying. But I would say it's probably uh, harder in a way when it comes to a divorce because it takes a long time. It's like almost never ending <laughs> with a strife yeah. when you have strife afterwards. Yeah, I totally It's like a continuous that. mourning in a way. Yeah. yeah. And so when that happens, my advice would be like, give your, like, I think there's a healthy amount of time on like how long you should process something. Right. Yeah. But we also know, and you are chatting about this as time doesn't heal your wounds. You do. So yeah. you have to make a decision. Like how much time do I want to give this? Like how much time do I want to sit on the sofa and cry my eyes out and watch Netflix and eat ice cream? do all those things. No one is saying not to do that. Like you should do that. That will actually help you process the pain, the grief, the anger, the frustration, the betrayal much faster than trying to push through it. Cause it's like the example I like to give is like, you know, in a, like a beach ball, right. Yeah. And it's like, those are your emotions and you're trying to push them down into the pool. And then eventually they're just going to come bursting out. Right. And that's, so just process through that, allow yourself, give yourself that self-compassion be nice to yourself. And if you find you're like getting stuck in this rut of like mourning and doom and gloom, make a decision that you're going to move forward right then and there. Like moving on can be that simple. If you decide that that's what you want, find yeah. your compelling reason. Why do you yeah. want to move on? What's in so it for you? When you say that you need to be nice to yourself, uh, do you have any practical examples? Is it affirmations or how, how do you do that? Yeah. So one exercise I like to do is write a letter, like, to, like, as if you're writing a letter to your friend, I, I find it very cathartic to like put pen to paper, Oh and, yeah. like write things down. Yeah. And that really helps your brain kind of process things a lot faster because not only are you writing with your hand, which is kinesthetic, but yeah. you're also reading, which is visual, right? So it's yeah. all like having your brain do the work. Oh, that's good. Right. And so write a letter to your friend that's going through a divorce or something similar, like whatever situation you're going through, write it out, read it to yourself, then mail it to yourself. 
Yeah. And then when you open up that mail, it, it's going to be a whole different experience and it's going to like hit you in a very different way. Oh, wow. I need to try that just to experience it. Right now, I, I'm in the best possible place in my life. So you should write a letter now of how yeah. awesome your life is and yeah, you'll exactly. get the mail in a week. You're like, this is great. I like that. <laughs> it doesn't have to be all negative. Yeah. I started journaling going through the divorce. I have journaled throughout my life on and off. And that is such a great tool as well. When you're going through strife and like you say, Sai, it's so helpful to put it on paper. And if you're going to send somebody, for example, your ex an email, <laughs> write it down and wait uh, 24 yeah, hours at least. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that. Yeah. And I think some other ways I advise my clients to be nice to themselves outside of like, hey, stop you know, being critical. I think in the application of it is like, go get yourself a nice meal. If you like sushi, go treat yourself, yeah. get the expensive sushi. And of course there's things like self-care, massages, manicures, pedicures, which is great. But the biggest way to be nice to yourself is to like love on you. You would love someone else, right? And so go for a run, take care of your health. Like even if it's a 10 minute walk, vitamin D goes a really long way. So go step outside, look towards the sun, close your eyes. Of course, like you don't want to blind yourself, but like kind of soak it in and go about your day, like seeking pleasure. Yeah. Right. Like where can you find that happiness? What are those pleasure points? So if you're eating ice cream, like savor every bite. I want you to like become mindful of like how cold that ice cream is in your mouth. If you're eating pistachio, I love pistachio ice cream. It's like my favorite. So yeah. I want you to taste like the pistachios and like the texture of it, right? Like kind of like taking that idea of mindfulness and really applying it in like your daily activities. I like that. If you look back on your divorce mm -hmm. and the period both before and, and during the divorce, do you have something that you learned about yourself going through that you didn't know? Uh, something that you re-experienced or? That is such a good question. I think there's two things that pop up as you ask me. The one thing is go with your gut. Yeah right? Follow your intuition. If you close your eyes and you're looking for an answer, you know, so often we look to other people for advice. Yeah. Like you call up your friend, you post on social media in some random Facebook group and have people advise you on a situation. And it's, you always know what you need to do. And it's really important to honor yourself and go with that. And then the other thing, and this is something that I continuously work on and at the time when I was going through my divorce, I didn't know that this was an issue, but now that I've healed and, and when I say I've healed, like we always have healing to do because yeah, it's, a journey. Healing, it's not like I'm healed. I get an A plus, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's always work to be done. And it, it's the, the idea that you're lovable no matter what. Yeah. In my first marriage, I felt like I was doing everything to save my marriage or to not get divorced and really extending myself in ways that looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And so now that I'm remarried, sometimes that does creep up. It's, oh, well, if I do this then he's going to get mad, right. Yeah. Or is he going to leave if I like whatever those things are? And it's not like there's anything wrong with me or wrong with our relationship. It's just that those thought patterns are so strong in my brain because of like how I was raised and things that I was conditioned to believe that that work is something I get coached on 
as often as I need it, right? Like as coaches, you know, we always have our own coach, just yeah, even the work. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and my That's own something coaches. That, something that I uh, discovered about myself and I knew kind of like in the back of my mind about that was a lot more concerned about what other people thought about me than really was good. And also having a hard time being vulnerable. And I think that's pretty common about men, especially yeah. being open and being able to share going through difficult things. And that's actually something I'd learned about myself going through the process. And I think a lot of people will, when they go through this process, learn so many things about themselves and a lot of times like rediscover themselves, what's their passions, being able to open up among people, that's become one of the biggest gifts to me, to be able to be me. Yes. I hear that so much. It's I lost myself in my marriage. Yeah. I lost myself too. Yeah. I totally right. lost myself. Yeah. And I think it's more common for somebody that's been in a relationship a long time and then going through a struggle and then suddenly you're by yourself and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And I, it's so funny because in my marriage now, there, like, if I didn't have the awareness, I could see how quickly I can lose myself again, you know, yeah. now having two kids and a husband and all these other responsibilities. And it's like, you have to be aware of like, what your habits are and how to not do the same thing over and over again, because that's your brain's default way of thinking and doing and being. Yeah. We're going to talk about boundaries later on here in a couple of episodes and how to establish boundaries. And that's one of the most important things in relationships because it brings respect when mm -hmm. you establish boundaries. Yeah. And that's a great episode. I can't wait to listen to that. Right. It's like you have to respect yourself in order for someone to respect you. Yeah, absolutely. When you work with people, for example, when it comes to dating or if it comes to shame and guilt, can you make some more examples on the journey that you help them walk through? Because I usually describe the journey of anything that's difficult. It can be like a rock climbing. That's why I call the, the podcast Rock in Life, because life is like a journey. And if you're going to climb, like you're, you have roots from Pakistan, that's very close to the Himalayan mountains. Yeah. And um, if you are going to climb up there the first time without help, let's say we're going to go up there, would you ever do it without having a guide? Definitely not. I don't want to die. <laughs> exactly. And, and going through divorce or anything that's extremely difficult that you haven't done before, it's stupid to do it. And it's the same thing going through divorce without help. You're going to get stuck. You're going to get in problems. It's going to take you three times as long to navigate this journey if you don't and have maybe help. expensive depending on extremely where you are expensive <laughs> yeah seriously yeah how do you do that how do you help people a lot of times open their eyes to see because there's so many blind spots i had so many blind spots going through a divorce how do you deal with that how do you help people through that one of the things that i absolutely require of my clients before i sign anyone is the openness to be curious. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right. You have to be really curious because if you are so stuck in the mentality of right and wrong, fair or unfair, good or bad, right? That's just like how our brains like to think. Yeah. You're going to stay stuck there for a really long time. So it's almost like we want to play detective with our brain and just kind of like, literally, I say like play with this thought. 
Um, and I ask a lot of, is it possible, right? Like, I think that is so important. I really want to enforce this because one of the things that you were talking about is you want to provide hope. Like this is a place for hope and inspiration. Yeah. And for me, like what I love, like the essence of me and the, the way I want to coach my clients and how I support them is with the fundamental belief of endless possibility. Yeah. And so if you can play with your old beliefs and ask very specific questions that allow your brain to open up, right? We're not going to go from, I hate my life to, I love my life in one session. Like that just doesn't happen. Those kind of breakthroughs don't happen in 45 minutes, No, especially if you've been thinking this way for years or you need some time, but it's just loosening that thought just a little bit. Right. So instead of saying, I hate my life or a divorce is the worst thing in the world. Well, I'm divorced, right? It's kind of acknowledging that. Yeah, this is not what I wanted. Owning all of those thoughts and emotions and feelings that are coming up for you. And then slowly working our way to, well, what do I want out of my life? What does the future look like? And oh, by the way, now I'm going to go back to law school or, oh, now, by the way, I'm going to go get that other job that I've been wanting to do, but I couldn't in my marriage, or I'm going to go pick out a new hobby, right? Like rediscovering who you are, which I think yeah. is so fun. What I usually do is I try to get people to, to take action. A lot of times that's the problem. You, you sit by yourself, you're feeling sad about yourself, mm-hmm. and uh, that's never going to help you move forward. You need yeah. to take action in different ways. And I think... One of the absolutely most powerful things is to get out of yourself and helping other people. You can go to your local charity and and maybe they need some help, but to get out of yourself and see that you can help others is actually a very good healing process. I think a big part of how I encourage my clients to move through their divorce journey is a gratitude practice. Science has proven if you practice gratitude and really feel that gratitude for 21 days, you're literally reprogramming your brain to wire you for more happiness. Yeah. So I think that's really important. And then also acknowledging like things aren't exactly the way you want and then controlling your controllables in a way, okay, I have control of this thing. Let me go do that thing. Right. I, and I think that's the other thing with divorce, especially when you didn't want it, you feel like you have no control over anything in yeah, your life. Absolutely. And you're thrown into it and it's a lot of fear involved too. And how to deal with that fear when you're not used to coming in that situation. How do you deal with that fear? Yeah. So it's owning that, right? It's owning and understanding, okay, what am I actually scared of? Like what, like facing your fear head on, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? Are you going to die? Are you going to lose your house? Is your, are your limbs going to get cut off? Are you going to be alone forever? And then disproving that fear, right? Like cognitively, like how is this actually not true? (laughs) And and that's also why it's so important to have a third party. Because when you have a a counselor or a coach or a mentor, Mm -hmm. they can look from a third eye view and say, okay, your thoughts, those are your thoughts, but it's not reality. And uh, to have somebody that can coach you around these thoughts and you can talk to somebody if you have these kind of like crazy thoughts about fear and and you're projecting a bunch of stuff that's it's not reality yeah Uh, and you raise such a good point where we think our brains think like that thing is true because that's just what our brains like to do 
Yeah, and you project these fears and your perspective is also a lot of times when you have two people and if you're arguing, there are two different perspectives, but usually neither one is the truth. It's like your perspective. But then when you have a third person looking into it, it's much easier to see, oh, okay, this might not be completely right. Maybe it's this way and then talk about it. Yeah, what is it like? There's always three sides to a story or a situation. Yeah, the two sides and the truth. <laughs> exactly. So if we jump in a little different subject, which I am very passionate about, is yeah. co-parenting. Yeah. And uh, so you have one child from a previous marriage, mm -hmm. and then you have a son in your current marriage. How is it to co-parent? Did it uh, come easy for you? Do you still have strife with your ex? Does it, How does it work? And how do you deal with that? Yeah, so it was really hard in the beginning. I mean, extremely challenging. My son at the time was 14 months old when I decided to divorce. And when I told my now ex-husband, he left and he moved three hours away. And I was stuck taking care of little baby by myself. And there was there were months that he didn't see our, our child. And that was his choice. And over time, there was even a point years after, I would probably say three years after where he's, you know, this isn't working. Like he had, he felt like he didn't have any control of how I was raising our son. He has very traditional Muslim views. I'm a bit more open-minded, a lot more flexible in terms of how I want to raise my son. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm just, you know, going to give up my rights in that really broke me because I made wow. that mean something about me as if I'm doing something wrong, as if there's something wrong with my son. And actually my son doesn't even know this ever happened and whatever, if he finds out, he finds out, I think it's part of the story. And I think it's an important piece to share that just because something is bad in that moment in time, doesn't mean it's always going to be like that. Yeah. Right. So fast forward he did not relinquish his parental rights. We now live 30 minutes away from each other. And he actually, as a matter of fact, last weekend, finally went to our son's first soccer game. And he's been playing soccer for like seven, eight years. Wow. And How old is your son? He's turning 12 in December. Yeah. So I'm sharing like some of these details because if you're a co-parent and you're in a really high conflict situation... Focus on the things that you can control and remember that at the end of the day, it truly is about your child. It's yeah. not about your partner and what they want to do or not want to do or how involved they want to be or not want to be involved, right? Like we can't control any of that. We can only control our controllables. It's so important to understand that when there's a lot of conflict, uh, kids are the ones that get hurt. And I think it's also very important that both parents should have the same opportunity to spend time with the kids. And when you have alienation of one parent or the yeah. other, it hurts the kids. It's not necessarily the parents. It, yes, it does hurt the parents as well, but it actually shows a very bad example for the kids. It's, That's an it's, interesting point because, you know, now I am remarried. Brian met my son who's now turning 12 when he was just turning five. And so he spent a lot more time with his stepdad than his biological dad. He still loves his biological dad. Yeah. Of course, he'll always love him, but the relationships are very different and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay that they're, they're different. You know, everyone, like you always have an opportunity to be as present or as involved as you want to be. Even if maybe your partner doesn't want that, it's just 
it's really important that your children know that you love them and that they're safe with you. Like I can't reinforce that enough. Yeah. Have you helped any of your clients go through periods of alienation when you have one parent that tries to alienate the other parent by trying to make it difficult for the other parent to have a relationship with their kids that yes. actively speak poorly about the other parent after the divorce? I actually do. She just actually wrapped up coaching with me. She has three kids all under the age of 12. And it's really interesting, right? Because when you start talking poorly about your ex-partner, what ends up happening for the child is that they then take that information and apply it to themselves to say like, how is it true that I'm also wrong in this way? Wow. Right? Because the kids are a part of that parent. Yeah. They still love their dad or their mom, right? In this situation, yeah. I was telling her, I'm like, you have to be really cautious of what you're saying about your ex-partner because your son who's 12 is going to see himself in his father and be like, wow, my mom probably thinks this about me too. And that wow. was really eye-opening for her. It's like, well, I don't think this way about my son. I'm like, well, your son is probably trying to make that statement true for himself. So that's a very impressionable age as well, right? They're close to their dads. When you work with somebody to help them understand that, because when I started going through a divorce, I went into these divorce groups in Facebook mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it was like, it was so toxic. Can't do it. I know. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I couldn't be in them because it was just bashing left and right. And it's like, that is so unhealthy. And that's what I say about this podcast. I, I will not have bashing of your ex on this podcast. It's very unhelpful. And I talked to Sonia, who's another coach that's on this podcast. She helps people through that process, that anger, a lot of fear, a lot of mm -hmm. unforgiveness, but it doesn't help you uh, when you have all this unresolved anger. Yeah. Um, and so I love that about the comment you made about Facebook groups, because I've been in them. I'm like, this is so bad. This is not helpful at all. So I actually created my own Facebook group. It's called yeah. Divorce to Badass. And oh, it's cool. all about like encouragement and like no bashing and no victimness. Like this is your life. What do you want to do with it? You're here for community and support. And it's the opposite of what you find in these other Facebook groups. You know, that invitation is definitely open to your audience. If you're looking for community connection and free coaching. Yeah, and, <laughs> and all the information about Sai and her work is going to be in the description below the website and the link to your email and the, the Facebook group. Yeah, awesome. And, uh, and the, sorry, and you were saying one thing about forgiveness. I think the one part of forgiveness is that we often think like we're forgiving the other person, but you don't forgive the other person for them. You forgive them for yourself and your freedom yeah. to move on. Like, I think yeah. that's so important. Yeah. And even though you might not have talked to the, your former spouse about things, that you forgive them is the most important, that you decide. It's a decision. Now, the feelings might not come right away, right. but it's a decision. And uh, I think that's one of the keys in life to be quick to forgive. It's actually in, in the Bible, it says, be quick to forgive. It's, you know, I have listeners from all kinds of faiths. But yeah. it's a proverb, and I think it's uh, universal. Be quick to forgive. It's very healing. When you don't forgive, it becomes like a snowball, and yeah. it just uh, rolling down the slope of the mountain, and it just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, finally, it's, you can't solve all these problems. It just becomes a mess.
Yeah. And then you don't forgive yourself and stay in continuous self-judgment, criticism, and despair. Yeah. So we're coming towards an end and rounding off the podcast. And uh, I just want to ask you one last question. If you have a listener right now, it can be somebody that's been married 20 years like me and did not initiate divorce and has a lot of difficulty moving through the divorce. What would your advice be to kind of like do right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one, it's acknowledging that this isn't what you want. Right. So making space for those thoughts and feelings, because what that will do is help you become less resistant to the next question that I would ask in the advice that I would give is ask yourself, like, how is this actually happening for me and not to me? Oh, I love that quote. When you think that way, it doesn't happen to me, it happened for me. Yeah. And if you can live life like that, it becomes a very different way of living. That shifts you from being the victim in your yeah. circumstance of divorce to being your own hero. Yeah. And also if you have, for example, the divorce, I didn't want it, but it has come out so many positive things out of divorce. And I, I truly believe those things are a blessing for me Yeah, it's in a very positive way. Yeah. I had a uh, client whose husband left and she's like, I'm devastated. No one's ever going to want to be with me. And now she's like, I'm so glad that thing happened because I was absolutely miserable. And she's on this self-love journey of refinding herself, which is so fun. Yeah. And it, it is definitely a journey and it can be very difficult when you're in that position, but to take one day at a time. Yep. And uh, I really like that quote, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And if you learn that, to think that way, start thinking that way, that's going to help, but also to have patience through this process. And it almost feels very, you know, impossible when you're there, but just believe, sigh and me, we've been through there. It's going to become better, but take one day at a time. So Yeah, and if you don't believe it, borrow our belief for you. Yeah, exactly. totally happening for you. We yeah. believe it for you, 100%. Exactly, I like that. So the Rockin' Life podcast, you can reach us by going to the Facebook group, Rockin' Life After Divorce, and uh, join us there. You can also send your questions into rockinglifepodcast at gmail.com. I've had so many comments coming in, so I started to kind of like get to know the listeners. I have over 100 people that continuously listen. And I think oh, that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm overwhelmed in a way, but it's definitely something that we need to talk about. We grow together. And it's a journey. It's not the destination this place. It's a journey. Life is a journey. And we grow the whole time in this journey. So I truly want to thank that you took some time talking to us here. And it's been really fun. It's been so fun. I'm so glad we were able to meet. And that's the power of social media, right? <laughs> yeah. I love to connect with new people, getting to hear their insights and stories. I love stories. Yeah. And how you can grow in hearing stories. But that's it for today. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your questions. Send them in. And a new podcast coming every Monday. And we're growing together. You all take care. <laughs>